0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the point with me, your host, Jeff Spikes. I'm super grateful to be here. Uh, I'm kind of going off of a off of some momentum I got in my own thought process. I the other day I was reading a um, I was reading a paper written and an, and a couple of emails written by someone I know pretty well that is one of the better overthinkers in the world that I've ever met. We. Uh, Both grew up in a world of studying and learning and
1: being taught metaphysics, and it was um, when when I've seen when we're
0: raised with metaphysical beliefs and in systems and structures of how to be a metaphysical person and how to manifest and how to heal and do other things, it it can be very interesting. I've seen many different reactions and responses from people that I know that were raised that way and i don't mine particularly was um i remember feeling in,
1: in that like i had been introduced to this amazing huge power that you know they were they, they had lots of names for it. there was god but there were lots of synonyms
0: synonyms to for what god meant and just remember through the Bible stories and through everything else, these amazing things that happened that made God so big. I had this somewhat of a connection to the idea that I never understand it. And I had some type of a problem with people that were teaching me because it, they were telling me things that were so complex that I didn't think they could understand it. And it was just too big for, for and I, I don't know. So I argued quite a bit at a very young age. And um, in the most innocent of ways, I couldn't believe that other p- billions of people from other countries
1: would be going to hell if they didn't believe the same things. And that I just had a problem
0: with that because they didn't speak the same language, so they couldn't understand the same information. Some of you were talking about it, you know, grade school, kindergarten. Um, the first time I remember being sitting in chairs around a table in Sunday school. I mean, that's how young I was. I don't know how old I was, but regardless, I understood and I had a connection. I had a heartfelt belief connection to the amazingness of whatever's in this universe that is capital T truth. And, um, I believed in the power of miracles and I believed in instantaneous healings. And I believed that all these things really happened and, I, then I felt like growing up, I saw some and I experienced some. So I've seen other people respond, and that they're look they. And in this case, I, it's a, an individual that's constantly looking for the answer. And I came to a realization: constantly looking for answers, interviewing people, reading their reading books, just diving into trying to figure out whatever anyone the next
1: best thing is that someone's figured out on some level presupposes that it's a mystery or that something's missing. And if we're constantly searching
0: for answers, well, if we it's kind of like working on strengths, I would coach a lot of a lot of people and a lot of groups on strengths. And I I really lead in many in all many angles of my life with the idea Of leveraging our strengths and my inner personally growing in strengths and rather
1: than fixing weaknesses right that we we take this approach of leveraging our strengths and you know in doing
0: so i notice a lot of people including myself at times in my life and maybe even still today are working really hard at something that's easy for us and finding the truth in some of these bigger concepts of how the conscious and unconscious mind work and how we can change our parameters of how we think to create better
1: situations in our life and some of them are very simple but these things that we do it's very possible and
0: simple that we that we work too hard at something we're great at i i I, Somebody I know, and I think in a previous episode, we might have talked about it. Maybe it was on a Facebook Live. Um, every, all nine of the strategic themes in the Clifton Strengths model are in his top 10. And I don't remember what his number 11 was, but or number 10 was, and what category that was in. But strategic thinking was his strength. And he worked so hard all of his life at strategy. And he overdid the strategic side. And it's like, if that's a strength, and if we've really leveraged our strengths, and we've really learned about ourselves, and we've honed those skills, there's a theory or a thought process that says that then working in the world of strategy shouldn't be simple,
1: easy, effortless. So why are we working so hard? And, you know, there's that answer of, man, i All of my
0: themes are strategic, or I'm such a strategic person, or I'm really intellectual in everything that I do, so I have to take it to this level, or think to this degree, or strategize this way. And I question, is that true? So, I think the call to action, right? So, let's move past this really quick,
1: go to the call to action, that sometimes we just, it's important to act as if, Sometimes we want to act as if we are already where we want to be and
0: move beyond the limitations. And as we find presuppositions, as we find ideas that are limiting us, that are anchoring us back, as we find that there's some resistance and and there's some hidden gain from the past, there's some type of attachment to a story or a reason to be a certain way, that we're not fully consciously aware of what that gain is, then we want to clear. When we learn those things, we want to very quickly clear them. And it's critical to know what we want instead. It's really critical to know what we want. So developing that idea of what we want is powerful, important. Now, low self-esteem, self-doubt, a lot of these other things get in the way of us giving uh, uh, having the permission and giving ourselves the permission to actually jump up and move forward so there's some base work that gets to be done right there's some and there's all kinds of stuff there's all kinds of things that we can do to do that we you know it, that those are pretty simple moves but so we're talking kind of up level, top level here I, but i'm going to bring it back down and keep it on the ground because what it means sometimes and this is something i've practiced right for me to overcome a lot of the traumas that i've overcome in my life I have practiced this brute force, this, this stabbing, taking the stand of brute emotional force against my typical emotional landscape. I've just done behaviors that ended up feeling really uncomfortable and just lived in that and tried to work through the lessons of that until I could become and rest in this new way of thinking or way of being or behaving. Now, we can do that with behaviors and chemicals and other things with, with addictions, with tobacco, with food, with and, and it's really uncomfortable
1: if we're eating a lot of sugar to just stop eating sugar. So, very similar, but if we're going to,
0: if we're practicing a mode of constantly noticing things that are out of place with others and with our circumstances and our situations, if we're always looking at The things that don't jive well. Well, that's here and that's here and they're different. They don't work well together. And these are the problems. If we're always looking at that. Looking at the failures, the problems, the weaknesses. and Just doing that. And we decide we're no longer going to do that. We're going to develop some systems and processes. And just push through and force ourselves to think positive thoughts. To look for the similarities and the things that we do connect to. So that no matter where we are. And we notice ourselves picking up on the others and we stop and do the other. It can be uncomfortable because it's a different way of being. And maybe the ways we were thinking and the things we were focusing on were protecting us from something. Sometimes that's what we don't understand is this sabotage, this thing we end up calling sabotage, when all it really is, is that we're not knowing something that's truth that we really on a deep level know. So I gave you a good example. A really good example was I was in a, in a significant amount of, amount, amount of emotional pain a number of years ago as my mother was ill with Alzheimer's and in a home and coming towards her end. And, um, you know, I had realized for many years that I was doing something for her, nurturing and caring for her in a way that she was never able to do for me. And I had some conflict there, right? My... Part of there was a part of me that was like, "Why are we doing this?" I I remember leaving different situations where I was her advocate and I was taking I was the one taking care of her, and I and I felt more or this real problem internal problem emotional stress, and when I sat with that and relaxed with it, it was oh man, I it was uncomfortable because there's a part of me that was like, "Man, she was never there for you. Why are you doing that?" Well, I forcibly stood by and did the behaviors of taking care of my mother out of a loving place and then worked towards bringing the arrest around and becoming more comfortable well one of the things that came from that is i was really thinking through what is what what the problem was right as i was trying to identify what it was and it was and, and i was looking at other relationships i had in my life and one of the things i realized was that Regardless of all these things, it boiled down to this one just strange thing that you may be listening right now and hear, man, that's connected to you. But for whatever reason, it wasn't feeling connected to me.
1: You may hear this and be like, man, well, of course, duh. And you may already know what I'm about to say. But my point being
0: is that I realized that my mother's emotional landscape and her swings and the accountability and
1: responsibility she put on me For her emotions gave me an opportunity to master,
0: know and master the energy of those emotions and that stuff coming at me or being next to me or near me, and that I could successfully manage myself and be emotionally sound and stable in the midst of a lot of emotional upheaval. So I mastered this level of emotional unrest. So I didn't have to keep looking for it in others to fix it, heal it, do anything else. Another thing that came up was that it, I started to realize
1: that if some of the things that she was doing as a mother weren't right, then I never had to prove her wrong. Right? So by me wanting to prove that things didn't happen or that they were wrong, which was
0: naturally invalidating, and that's a whole nother target we can go down. The point being that I was doing to myself what I was taught. I was treating myself the way I was taught that I should treat be treated. It makes perfect sense, right? Of course I'm going to do I'm going to
1: follow through with until as I learn, right? Until I learn. So what I finally clicked for me
0: was this understanding that I already knew everything I needed to know from this. There was nothing more to solve. There was nothing to prove wise Otherwise, all that I needed to do was validate myself how I felt out and the thoughts that came from it, take the lessons. And some of the lessons were that I already mastered how to manage this. There's no longer a need to fight with it, to struggle with it. So when I feel some dissension between myself and another human, I have mastered that feeling and that knowing of what happens when I feel some level of dissension, of, of aggravation, of intolerance, and I can find peace with that and know how to connect or disconnect to maintain my own mental, emotional, physical health. And maybe even be helpful and useful to them and not dig in and get hooked and triggered into their drama. So. Due to breakthrough for me, right? Now, I wouldn't have benefited from that and all, if had I not made the decision to do what I felt was the right thing to do as a loving son in the moment and not having to live with the confines and the limitations I put myself on in the past. So I showed up as if, and as I felt myself feel different things, beautiful, amazing lessons came from it. Those beautiful, amazing
1: lessons came because I felt some discomfort and some pain. Discomfort, pain, all of, the, all of these things.
0: I, I, I want to encourage everyone to not consider these things as good or bad. And I, like, let's just stop now. You want to move into something uncomfortable now. My call to action today would be mo- stop thinking of all of these things as good and bad and look at them as just what they are. Look at them as just emotions. Some emotions, William Lamb with Upgrade said this a couple of years ago in a training and it's stuck with me ever since. It's very resonant with, with another way I used to say it, but this way of saying it is so much better. And that is that there are resourceful emotions. There are emotions that, where I feel energized and resourceful and like I can do anything. And some are unresourceful. Some have me just in the dumps feeling pretty incapable, not motivated, not wanting to get along, not wanting to do all these things. <clears throat> now, there are some emotions that I would have thought were bad that are actually helping me feel resourceful sometimes because they come from that same stress line, but it's a stress of a positive stress of feeling motivated. And that can be confusing sometimes to feel something, feel like some anxiety and think, boy, that anxiety is really just a message to move in a direction Uh, and there's some anxiety and the feelings that are like keep me that have this message of don't move in a direction yet it's only the way I'm thinking about it that changes. so when I got rid of the good and the bad I could start looking at this as okay this I'm feeling really unresourceful in this state and then I got to sort that and sometimes it was as simple as acting as if and learning why I felt uncomfortable it's one of the ways that I've done a lot of behavioral change is by paying and, and done some really efficient forward growth because we pay attention to both at the same time and create an allowance and a gift in that. A good friend of mine today talked to me this morning. He, every Friday, he says, sends me a happy Friday Jeff message. I love getting those messages. I send him a picture of wherever I am, sometimes of where I've been in the last few days, and I just try and be super cool with him, and just, dude, happy Friday, here's where I'm at, and if I'm in town, we'll meet up, and I really enjoy that interaction with him, it's simple, keeps us connected, and it
1: works, I didn't hear from him this morning, it was Friday, and <clears throat> I, so I texted him, well it turns out he's sad today,
0: and he's, he's letting his dog go, he's, he's got to put his dog down, his dog's gotten sick,
1: and it's time to let his dog go, and he's sad, so he just wasn't feeling very resourceful. Well, of course he's
0: sad, right? Now we could often up, up and act as if it doesn't bother us and do all these things, but maybe we don't need to do that in that situation, right? So sometimes we have these emotions that we feel unresourceful, and all we have to do is process them, allow them to be there, and allow them to flow through. To do that, I had to develop a belief, and I help people develop, help people stick with this idea. Feelings are not meant to stay in us, they're meant to flow through us. So when we're having a healthy response and reaction to something and we feel unresourceful, self-compassion and self-care and relaxing and breathing into it and allowing that emotion to flow through us. But the lesson from that emotion is this beautiful animal that saw him through tons of change and through a couple of significant issues in his life. And that dog was a beautiful,
1: loving companion through that. So he's absolutely doing well. And he's
0: experiencing something that he would have previously thought of as negative.
1: Well, it's not
0: a positive thing to lose your dog, yet, it's a very positive thing to have spent this wonderful life providing a special life for that animal that you're, you know, that's your companion, your pet and allowing it a peaceful end, right? So, kind, loving, whatever, and feel that emotion, and then let it go. It doesn't stay in us. The memory stays in us. So, in that case, we take the memories, we take all the good, we take the lessons, which eventually may turn into having another pet, may not. But we, that's a great example of where we take the lessons from things, and we move forward in a positive way, rather than taking the pain forward. We don't remember the pet for the pain in the end. We remember, and we might miss them, but we always remember the pet for what a great pet it was. So, part of the way that we can do that. So, we observe, right? We can get into this place of understanding our emotions and that they're not decision drivers, right? Our emotions are not meant to drive our decisions, they're meant to become, and they are delivery mechanisms they're delivering a message to us sometimes it's feel it and let it flow through cuz you're in the moment and sometimes it's there's a lesson i didn't learn that i keep repeating and it's over and over let me learn that lesson figure out what i want instead and move into it and sometimes it's knowing that it's such a when it when it becomes such a repetitive cycle sometimes it's as clear and clean as realizing that we've known what to do all along we're just hanging on to it for some reason So, once we are clear that our emotions are not our decision-making drivers, that our decision drivers, and that they're they're just delivery mechanisms for lessons, we can observe how they desire and drive us, how that moves our desire to do things. Man, that emotion makes me want to do this, that, or the other. And we can laugh with joy, even in a difficult time, knowing the lesson is here. Knowing the lessons coming. So, our task would be to connect and share the emotional journey with each other rather than belabor them so that because when we share them, we take the power away. Well, how many times do we connect with people and we don't want to dump on each other and, oh, you have problems, so I'm not going to share my problems with you? That comes from a belief system that these problems are sticky and they're not. We're presupposing that problems are that these challenges or a problem and that there's something that can stick to us and they're just not that's like in the metaphysical world of trying to dig for an answer and keep looking for an answer when you already have it when we already know that our breathing and our centeredness and our gratitude and our words the words we use in our own minds with ourselves are creation are creating things in our life. When we know that, we can just know that and do it. Why well, do the opposite and have to fight. Right? So, in, and, and usually it's because our emotions are telling us something because we get uncomfortable. So now we can observe this, how the, our emotions drive us and look at the places we end up and the problems we cause and the little cyclones and all the other stuff that happens in our lives and kind of chuckle and laugh and learn as we go. And immediately clear many things.
1: When we realize that we've known for quite some time, we just haven't been shown up in that light, we can easily and effortlessly just move right into what we know. And then we can start to
0: visual, visualize, visualize and envision really that way of being, that feeling and that sense
1: of self when we are resourceful and confident and just clean in our intentions and okay with the decisions we're making. Really more accepting of
0: ourselves. So that's our task, right? Just to to connect and share that emotional journey. Don't belabor it. Don't beat each other up with it. But just share it as a way of removing the power from it and moving forward into the positive behaviors. I'm going to come back to this thing because I come back to it all the time. That's very difficult to do when we don't understand the highest arching goal of what we want in life. Very difficult. We stay in the minutiae. We stay in the little details of things if we can't get this big vision understanding of what our goals are. Bigger the better. Because it really does then gauge a lot of these other things that can just fall off because we know it's not a part of it.
1: There's problems that we have if you look in growth along the way that you, if you have,
0: if you're in a growth mode and you have very limited resources to try and get from point A to point B, and then you get to point B and now you have a lot of resources to get to B to C. The the problems change, the journey changes, the things we need change, right? So we don't, The things that got us from a to b aren't going to be the same things we need to go from the further b to c so um taking the power away knowing what we want and being clear about that bigger picture or we'll get stuck along the way at whatever has been designed or whatever has been developed
1: or happened to us or with us because we haven't been that intentional so judgment of emotions is
0: one of the ways that emotions maintain power. One of the ways that we control keeping this stuff up is by creating some judgment over them good and bad. So that's where the, let's just stop having judgment over emotions and really evaluate them to whether or not they're resourceful or unresourceful to help us decide if we want to continue to repeat the things that help us feel resourceful, right? So, um, Or if we can use some of the ones that are making us feel unresourceful and repurpose them in a way Through how we filter and design our thinking around it to realize that what feels like anxiety might be our resistance to move where the universe is meant where we're meant to be but our fear or whatever else there's some apprehension coming up we can release those apprehensions in a knowing sense that it's going to be okay
1: but we get that one of the starts is to not judge our emotions And just stay clear about whether or not they're resourceful or unresourceful and and help that really help us evaluate where we want to go how we want to get there so understanding what we're feeling sharing from a place of
0: ownership of it not to put it on others projection sucks don't project it on others own it and
1: share it is your ninja power to absolutely look in the mirror and that is the bottom
0: line of getting anything you want in life and having change. The stronger your ability to look in the mirror honestly, not, over, not beating yourself up more than you should. I know plenty of people that are really good at adding more to their plate on their shoulders. Give me the fault, give me the blame, give me the responsibility, and that feeds a whole nother animal. Look in the mirror and own your part. Certainly we can take the load off of others if we feel strong enough just to carry it and move on. Because it certainly doesn't help to stop and take time to badger them. Did you know that your mind doesn't know the difference whether or not you're talking to yourself or someone else? You can say words that are not positive towards someone else and your mind doesn't know that you're not
1: talking to yourself. So have at it if that's what you want. I catch myself doing it and sometimes... Tell me you don't do this, right? Sometimes I do it, and I want
0: to do it. And I do it. And I don't care what that rule is of life or whatever. I'm going to talk bad anyway. <clears throat> I do that mostly in traffic when people don't know I'm doing it. And I used to call that a release, my way of releasing. But really, my mind doesn't know if I call someone a bad name, tell them they're an idiot for driving the way they are, or whatever. I, you know, we are all we are all using our free resources right now. We're healthy. We're we're intelligent. We're listening. We're sharing. We're doing all these wonderful things. (laughs) Had I used that work towards someone else, my unconscious mind doesn't know. All right. So for me, what I notice when I get into this right is that there's this change in
1: my life of what I can hear and what I can listen to, and I notice that there's this difference of people. There are some people in life that we show who we're becoming we show up in a way of who we're becoming great point case in point if you've ever worked
0: somewhere and you've taken a promotion and you know i i i started i got out of the marine corps i went to moving furniture for a living i started humping lumping furniture and i wasn't afraid of hard work I'd do landscaping I, i was I bought a truck and I was hauling trash away for people. I didn't care. I was doing anything I could to make money on a level of existence that I thought I deserved, And that I thought I could win at. And that I thought I could own a company doing. Because I really wanted to grow and own a company and do other things. And I just took on the next best thing I could. And I was good at it. And I spent a long time in the household goods and in specialty moving. And I got really good at being called for all this oddball stuff. I did a really cool things um and i was in northern california around san francisco i did this huge project for this the, the third largest electronics museum in the world I was so grateful to me to to led that project and um and that's for another day but um it's it, i just felt great about it i did things with cranes and did weird things with trailers and all these things to move stuff that people said couldn't be moved or or, no, people wouldn't because they didn't think they could do it without breaking it. And I just became known for doing all kinds of things like that. And I, because I'm always thinking bigger, but who cares? I started, I had to shift from this person that thought I, I thought I that's all I
1: could do. And I had to allow myself to think differently and bigger into whatever I could to get where I was going, right? So
0: when I got promoted to be the boss, the manager, I ran after that manager role, I got it. When I went to go after being that manager, I didn't show up as the guy lumping furniture anymore. I showed up as the manager. And I'd not been trained to be an NCO you know, to, in, in the military. And I knew some leadership skills. I'd grown up being taught some leadership. We had leaders in our family. There were things I had learned.
1: I was around a lot of successful people. It was... I had learned some stuff, right? But I still was... Moving
0: from shifting in an organization from being a lumper to and someone that can drive to of managing the company. When I so if you've had a promotion when you all of a sudden become a manager or you have a heightened position, you don't show up as the previous position. You show up in your new position. That's what we're talking about. Some people in our lives we show only who we are becoming. You take on a new role in a in a company. You show
1: up as the boss you'd like to be and improve from there. And some we share where we've been because they were
0: there for it. And some we learn to trust and we develop these relationships where we're bolstered by each other. We come together and we get tight and it helps us
1: learn how to move through life and maintain relationships as we change. So... Ultimately, our superconscious minds—you know, the cell, are the are the, are the
0: sub, the unconscious-conscious connection, right? This, this—I
1: already know how to use all this information. We already know most of the solutions. We're struggling with how to execute it, with all the limitations and stories we have. I'm going to talk about this for a second I was, uh, another thing that happened this week this is kind of the momentum of my week that that's happened
0: right i was talking to somebody that was going to a class about where they're teaching a bunch of teachers before the year starts and putting them through a program on being trauma informed and you know that's a nice buzzword um tra- trauma informed i'm sorry i keep kicking the table and it's shaking the camera but at being trauma-informed really means nothing more than you understand that you're, you can feel like your skin's peeling off if you hit if you get reminded of trauma or if you have trauma. Trauma-informed is not very kind and considerate, and the way we teach it is pretty cavalier in many cases. And we've thrown it around as a, we have a trauma-informed school, we have a trauma-informed environment, we have a trauma-informed therapy practice or the trauma-informed coaching system. I I helped put together and I I designed a system um, in IRTR uh, with a good friend of mine that's a psychotherapist and licensed in uh, psychotherapy and uh, trauma resolution and uh, EMDR and somatic experiencing and a handful of other things. Been doing it for 20, 30 years, 30 years. And um, retired now, but we developed together with his therapeutic ideas of EMDR of how to help people with, with with trauma, because he learned and and me helping him and we us working together, I used to help him run workshops. And um, what we learned is that we all show up with resources. We're already managing. You're already managing anything that's ever happened to you in your life. Any traumas, little traumas, big traumas. You're already managing. You're surviving. You're you're strategizing.
1: You're making decisions, and you're living with that. So we're all showing up with resources. We get into the
0: psychotherapy worlds and the psychiatry and all these other things. And depending on our level of of um how we're demon how we're how we're showing up, how we're demonstrating, how we're presenting at the time, could put ourselves in all kinds of categories. Well, the truth is, we're already showing up with our own resources. So a therapist or a, psycho, so, or a trauma program or all these other things can add resources for us to utilize and practice. And we can integrate our own resources and we can learn some new resources with tapping and breathing and we can get coaches and work through our physical selves and work through our mental selves and do all these things. But at the end of the day, we're the owners. We're sitting in the driver's seat with all these resources, including the psychiatrists, including anybody. I now consider my general practitioner a resource. He's on my team supporting me moving forward. That framework helps us change everything. If I have a coach. I have a couple coaches. I've had a therapist, a psychiatrist. I work with a VA.
1: I have friends. I have uh, peer coaches. I have a business, you know, all these different things. I have a pastor. I have other spiritual guides, I
0: whatever I want. And then I have individual resources with breathing, daily routines, training routines, all these things. So all of these resources come together for us to deal with things. And it doesn't matter the size of traumas we've had or how many of them or how much. The feelings are all the same. There's no competition. It's the, one of the areas in life where there's no competition to have done any better. We can't one-up each other. We, uh, humans try all the time to one-up each other with how bad it's been. But it has no value because we all relate to the same feelings. So that's one of the beauties of looking for what we relate to instead of what we don't relate to when we're doing these things.
1: Looking for what we relate to versus what we don't helps us learn to get along in the world and find the, um,
0: the resourceful emotions that help develop positive bonds and help us move forward with more momentum rather than looking for everything we don't agree with, which just
1: kind of keeps us in a grind. So, I hope that this has been useful and helpful information. I, am,
0: I, I just felt driven by this this week. And the other thing I've felt driven by lately is to share a little bit more authentically about the past. I, I just want to say, I think one
1: of the most responsible things we can do with the stories we have in our life are to be really cautious, considerate, considerate, the best word I can think of for it, with how we share our stories,
0: to share them in a way where we're heartfelt, doing our best
1: to help others see hope and promise and positive. Because it's very easy to overshare and to trigger and do other things. And it's just not useful. It used to be the way I ran at life,
0: was run at life, try and trigger as much as I could and then handle it. right. So that's, uh, that's, that's kind of the overshadowed way of... Being the overthinker and running and everything and force and being that brute force change type of person doesn't have to be difficult. We can still use a little bit of brute force, but it doesn't have to be that difficult. So that's my two cents for today, and I will see how well I do. I'll, you guys can give me feedback on how well I do it at, at positively sharing some of the things that have been overcome in life and how what it's been like to go from being a grunt Marine running
1: away from a bunch of trauma that we're making, you know, people are making movies about today and, um, you know, moving
0: through life with this huge desire of becoming an executive and now coaching executives and um, coaching high performers and being coached by high performers. And I, it's been a journey, right? So I'm going to do my best to try and share some of those things more authentically in a way that it doesn't invigorate anybody in a negative way uh that's very important um and i look forward to many more of these uh conversations i've I've been really keep keep the comments and the questions and the phone calls coming i really appreciate everyone that's connected with me over all this so make this a beautiful day and we'll see you next time Thank you for joining us for another amazing episode of The Point with me, Jeff Spikes. The greatest compliment you could give me is liking, loving, and sharing this episode with all your friends. So please, if you're on Spotify, iHeart, or iTunes, leave a five-star rating and review. If you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. Make sure to tag me. I love hearing from you, the listeners of this show. The links for all my social and iTunes are in the show notes. Also, if you'd like to engage with me, in anything related to my coaching consulting speaking or programs please visit jeffspikes.com for everything you would need to know to engage with me offline and lastly thank you for your time your attention and your consideration
1: this is the point